0: Hello, and welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast, where we'll speak with Arizona's most successful real estate professionals to better understand their business, current market conditions, team and business building strategies, successes, and challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Dwell Inspect Arizona with your host, Sean Garvey. Welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. Uh, Today's guest is Trevor Halpern with Halpern Residential um trevor thank you for being on the podcast today it's a long time coming
1: i love it man thank you uh thanks for having me yeah it has yeah. been a long time we've we've talked podcasts and doing this stuff for a long time so i'm glad you're uh, glad you're going glad you're doing it
0: for sure even the podcast it's almost like we film or create a podcast every time we talk if if i call for five minutes it's an hour later and and we've solved all the problems of the world (laughs) i love it man
1: i mean i you know being being in the positions we're in where we get to be entrepreneurial and and get to lean into each other and lean on each other for thoughts and advice and whatever and it, it will it's funny i you know i know when i see the phone ringing or when i call you i'm like no such thing as a five-minute conversation. No, nope. we, we always <laughs> we go wide, we go deep, we you yeah. know we get into all sorts of stuff. So it's it's awesome, man. it's it it's fun to have a a partner like you and someone that we can, you know, that I can get creative with and bounce stuff off of, and uh, you know, know I'm getting like legit feedback, yeah. you know, and we always ask each other for that too. It's like we're always asking, like, dude, how'd it go? What do you think? Da, 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 da. I mean, from in, inspections to in person to like what would you think about this? I'm thinking about pivoting here. Like it's, it's, it's like, I love having you, uh, as one of my friends and one of my business partners and uh, being able to, to, to really like, um, uh, get honest feedback and honest thought on things.
0: Same. Yeah. I mean, you don't want, when you're trying to make hard decisions, you don't want anybody who's going to serve you a softball, uh, you hear it straight and do what's best for your business. Um, so your business, Halpern and Residential. Um, when did you start? How did you get into? How did you get into this game of real estate? Uh, what was your kind of aha moment?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I like to say that I I failed my way into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I fell forward. So at least when I stood up, I was a, I was a few feet further forward. But um, no, really, I had you know I came out. Uh, I graduated from law school. Um, right smack in the middle of the, the the Great Recession. Well, no, it was a little bit before it. But I graduated from law school. I knew I didn't want to practice law. Um, went down to Mexico with my, uh, uh, at the time, my future uh, father-in-law. He's not my former father-in-law, but we're still uh, we're still friends and I'll get along and all that. But um, he was developing uh, high-rise condos down in Rocky Point. And he said, hey, I know you don't want to practice law. Do you want to come down to, to Mexico with me? And you know, kind of be my right hand. I'll teach you what I know about developing and whatnot. And so I went down there for a year and um, did that. And then that's when the real estate crash happened. And what people were Mm -hmm. doing down there, you know, they're taking all their equity out of their home here. And, you know, they're buying boats and buying all sorts of stuff. They were also buying property in Mexico. And so when equity dried up here, it dried up down there. The pendulum swung even further. And so gave up on that, came back to the States, uh, tried my hand at a couple of different things. Um and uh and really where I landed on real estate was a lunch with my dad. Um, we were having lunch and and uh and you know it's trying to you know we we're bouncing ideas back. What what is my next iteration? I didn't. I could fall back and go and practice law, but at that lunch we even had that conversation. He's like, I don't see you doing it. It's like I don't see you you know pl- like wanting to play the politics and doing this stuff that you have to do to angle your way through a firm. He's like, you're you're you know you're matured beyond what some of these young associates are. Mm. And I think you're going to get upset with the process and not enjoy it. Um, so we kept throwing ideas around and he was like, what, what about residential real estate? He's like, you were looking to get your license before you went down to Mexico and you didn't get it. He's like, look, I'm going to be buying and selling homes in the next handful of years. He's like, a lot of the people we know will be He's like, what, if, what if you did that? And I think he thought, of that is kind of like, Hey, son, pick yourself up, you know, go, go yeah. do something. Not really like maybe necessarily a career, but then I started looking into it. I kind of poked around at some commercial real estate stuff and was like, that felt like what I was doing when I was a commercial uh, insurance broker, cold calling, sitting in the office, yeah. not my thing. And so I, I I kept digging into residential real estate. And I was like, man, we're skipping off at the bottom here. Like I could ride this thing up as it goes up. And, you know, to my dad's point, he's like, this is such a good combination of, you know, you get to utilize your law degree, you know, negotiating, writing contracts, all that sort of stuff. Um, I had a background in marketing, uh, sales and marketing. Um, and so I had a chance through real estate to kind of mix that the logic and the emotion, the marketing, the branding. Um, the business experience and the, uh, and the law degree all kind of came together and it just clicked. Mm. And so, um, you know, what went from a lunch with my dad ended up me running through real estate school. I think I did the six-week program um, and then started interviewing brokerages and landed at Coldwell Banker because, you know, back then it was 2011. They were really known as like having great training, like, yeah. you know, really good new agent training. I think they still do. Um, so went there, um, and, and just dove in and, uh, what turned into, you know, what, what went from a conversation with my dad at lunch, has turned into almost an 11 year career. Um, and you know, I, since jumping in, I just haven't looked back. It took me six months to get my first deal. Um, but then once I got the first, then I got the second, my first buyer ended up being my first listing and then it just went and it went and it went and it went and, uh, it just hasn't stopped. So. Um, yeah, I think my dad at one point, you know, was like, well, man, I was thinking maybe part-time, but he, just, <laughs> he jumped in. So I really, I, I love it. It's dynamic. We get to be entrepreneurial. We get to have fun. We get to get creative, creative. Uh, we get to figure out how we can best serve our clients. We get to figure out how we can best serve our families. Like, how can I build this business to accomplish what my goals are and make sure that I'm providing a really good uh, value proposition to my clients.
0: And how... From that lunch, that moment in time where you said, "Maybe this is something I kind of want to do," to like you getting licensed, how long did it take you to pull the trigger to be in that class to to really drive forward and start um, the creative juices flowing?
1: I think I think from that lunch to when I started classes, I don't think it was long. I think it may have been a week, maybe yeah. two weeks. You know, I think I did cool. some contemplating, I did some thinking, um, but I just did it, and I, and I was in I was in a spot where like. I needed to do something, Sure, you know, I'd been, I'd been working on a business plan. I wanted to start um, uh, a craft beer store, like a bottle Mm -hmm. shop and tap room. Like back then they were super popular in Portland and I got to Portland and looked around, I was building a financial model and I, I needed investors. I needed like a quarter million dollars. And, you know, my dad had looked at my, my business plan as well. And he's like, he's like, man, he's like, there's, you're asking people to invest. There's no collateral. You can't give them anything. He's like, and it's all on you. Like literally all the work going in is you. What happens if you get sick? What yeah. happens if you get hit by a bus? He's like, look at how much time you're going to be spending and look at what your like bottom line is at the end of the year. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. So like I'd kind of fallen off of that idea and was was kind of, you know, I'd gotten laid off several times. It was a great recession. I just was like, I don't want to go work for someone else again. And so the idea of residential real estate really struck me. Um, and so I started pursuing it. I also had to get out of my own way. Like here I am, mm, Interesting. you know, I have a law degree, you know, I, I, um, it, it had some ups and downs with careers. I'd had some pretty good uh, career opportunities that through the great recession kind of dried up. And, you know, I literally had to reconcile and get my ego out of the way. I had to reconcile, like, oh, well, I'm going to be a realtor. Like, is this becoming a, who I thought I was. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, literally was, yeah. was, was too snobby for it. Yeah, and I, I had to, I had to, there was a huge point of personal growth, like set your ego aside and let, let yourself develop. And so when I finally set the ego of it aside and allowed myself to really go, what can I do with this? Okay. It's a big pond. Am I going to be a big fish or can I be a smaller, medium sized fish in this pond and still thrive? And I was like, yeah, I think I can Um, And so, yeah, took, blew through the classes. Um, I was pretty broke at the time. And, uh, you know, when you're in real estate school, you have to pass the school exam before they give you the ticket to go take the state exam. Um, And the state exam costs money. I forget how much it was back then, maybe 350 or something. And I failed the school exam. And I was like, I was like, I cannot fail the state exam. Like I have to, like, I can't pay, I can't pay twice. Like I have to pass this the first try. So then I like, you know, okay, buck up buddy. You know, like I had to really study and, and, sure. uh, and work hard at it. And, you know, I passed the, the school exam. And then like the second I could take the state exam, I did. Cause I didn't want the, all that information going away. So I just like pushed through, got my mm-hmm. license and then, yeah, started looking at brokerages and landed at um, the Cobell Banker Office off of uh, 32nd Street and, uh, and Lincoln. It's the Billmore PV office. And sure. I think spent my first five years there, five years, six years. Great place, like learned a ton. You know, it's old school brick and mortar real estate brokerage, um, fundamentals, you know, like really building growing, developing my business, developing who I was in the business, uh, and then move my license over to North & Co. Uh, thereafter.
0: Let's get into that because I want to know why you made the change. But let's go back a few seconds um, mm-hmm. or a few moments. Um, so you just mentioned you were pretty broke after you got your license. Um, cost money to start a business, um, build yourself some recognition. And you said six months before you got your first deal. So license to deal six months um how'd you supplement yourself how did you have motivation to keep going um yeah you know it's probably a pretty scary time uh i would imagine
1: it, it's tough yeah it it was well you know the good thing was i was married at the time um right. and it's my first marriage and uh this is this is an interesting story actually um so my my wife was working she was an attorney so she was supporting me i also at the time was uh, was phasing out of um, of uh, trying to start that craft beer store so at the time when I was going through all this I was working at um, Total Wine okay. um, I wanted to learn the business like I wanted to learn like what does it look like I ended up being one of the guys that was running the the warehouse out of the camelback store which at the time was a warehouse for the state so I knew how liquors were coming in how they're going hmm. how you know like I learned a ton but but I was like I can't be doing this and in real estate. So I quit, but um, you know, those six months I was digging it. I was going to the office every day. I was tr- trying to do stuff every day. Um, you know, my wife, young attorney with a huge debt load, not making a ton of money. It was, it put a lot of strain on us. We had a house, we bought a house, like um, it put significant strain on us. And um, you know, there were times where I'd be at the office and I could literally feel my face getting red and I could feel my ears brightening up and like I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I was sure. there. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And so there was one day and I clearly remember it. I, I was so frustrated. I could feel myself getting ready. I pushed back from my desk and got my car and I called my dad. And he's like, he's like, this is one of the reasons why you're in this business. Like You're frustrated, he's like, go, like, go, go to a park, go ride your bike, go like, just get outside, clear your head. Like you're not reporting to anyone. So like, it's okay feel frustrated like Mm. push back from your desk do whatever and so so it it what's interesting about that six month period is i was working 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 trying to get a deal trying to get a deal trying to get a deal i got my first deal off of uh, what they called it what was it It was like desk time or whatever where floor time at coldwell where there were three hour blocks throughout the day and if the phone rings and someone's like yeah looking for a house the receptionist would put it to the person on floor time. And so I picked up the phone and it was someone that, Hey, I'm interested in looking at this house. Um, You know, here's the address. It, it was an agent in my office, had the listing, um, but on floor time, we get to pick up the buyers, okay. show the guy, the house wasn't for him, but establish that rapport and ended up, I helped them buy another place. And then again, he ended up being the, the my first listing. He never asked. We didn't know. He just liked who I was. And I was providing him value, even though I was minimally competent in what I was doing. But the interesting part about that first deal—that six months—that strain, you know, when I got my first deal under contract, and it was a half million dollar deal, like you know, when everything washed out, it was like this is twelve grand or whatever. Yeah. To my family, this is twelve grand in my house, and everyone in my office, like when it got announced at the broker and Trevor got his first deal, everyone's like, "You," you know, like. Clapping, everyone. You know, people were walking by me the rest of the day, backslapping. I was getting calls from friends, da 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 da, and you know, for days I would, I, I'd, I'd go home and I would expect a celebration. My wife was just flat with it, you know. And finally, I said something to her. I said, "Everyone is celebrating. Um, you know, everyone's excited for me. You're the one that stands to benefit. Like, I've been working so hard to try to like succeed and bring money into this household, and and I and try to prevent you from." from being bitter towards me as I'm trying to build this stuff. And she just started crying and said, well, I am bitter. And like, that was literally (laughs) my first deal in real estate led to my divorce. (laughs) Like it literally brought up to the surface, all of this angst and buildup and strain that that had been growing inside of her and between us while I was trying to get my legs under me. And the second I got the first deal, it all bubbled up to the surface. And then we realized you know, we went to counseling and tried to work it out for a while. And it ended up, you know, we had to go our separate ways, but we're still good friends. I just saw her two days ago. She, she and her mom came by and dropped some stuff off at our house. And, you know, I, I have helped her parents with real estate, or yeah. with real estate, her sister, like they're, they're, they're good ways to exit marriages or other relationships. But long story long, my first <laughs> my first deal in real estate uh, led to my divorce. Talk about
0: the highest of highs and lowest of lows all in the same week.
1: <laughs> I tell I tell people all the time that real estate will bring you up and uh-huh. cut you off at the knees in the same day. And that's a, that's a damn good example of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so first lead, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Like total cold, never met that person. A lot of people get into real estate. They think they're going to serve their friends and families and, and you didn't have that opportunity. I mean, you, you plugged away for six months, probably reaching out to people. and here it came one phone call. Cause you were there to take that phone call. That's perfect.
1: Well, yeah. And then it becomes proof of concept. Like no one wants yeah. to be the first, right. I mean, yeah, um, you know, I, I think my network had seen me, you know, it was like a new thing at that time, every 12 to 18 months. Right. Okay. I'm yeah. selling real estate in Mexico. Now I'm back as an insurance broker. Now I'm working for a management consulting company. Now, where is he? Oh, now he's doing real estate. Like, okay. I mean, we like him, you know, he's a nice guy or whatever, but like, no one wants to be the first to be like, Hey, you rookie, help me me buy the, help me buy or sell the biggest single asset that I've got on on my books. (laughs) Like everyone wants to wait, but that it's a really good example. And, and something for new agents is when you do get that first client, when you do get that first deal, you have to capitalize on it and you have to show everyone like, look, got my first deal. See it? Like you know, yeah. I'm doing business. Look at my success. I I have stuff going. I am a professional. I am doing this. I am succeeding at this. You know, that proof of that evidence of success, however big, however small, you just continue to beat that drum, people will see it and that barrier that, like, you know, hey, we don't want to be the first. As soon as that, as soon as the dam breaks, as soon as there's just a little water going through it, it's gonna go and go and go and go. Um, and so that's that's really what I did. As soon as I got that first one, I made sure that everyone realized i am doing business i am sticking around i am successful um and you know to to this day we we send out evidence of success postcards and social media posts Mm -hmm. to show hey we're closing deals um and you know someone looks at the postcard and goes okay cool you know trevor sold some more homes once a month they're getting something in their mailbox saying he's in real estate and he's still doing okay yeah it's an impression it's just as a little reminder that that, you know, we, we still have forward momentum, uh, in this business.
0: Yeah. Um, you have, you mentioned your dad a couple of times. Clearly he's a mentor. Um, and that's an easy mentor. Do you have other mentors in the business? Um, and I, I don't mean to um, skirt over the relationship with your dad, but, um, I know people out there are searching for guidance, um, and can't necessarily find it directly in their dad. Um, um, because he's had his success in business and it's easy to teach down to you, but do you have other people that you rely on as, as a mentor relationship too?
1: Yeah. And yeah. And that's a great question. And it, and it's really a good point because I think in anything um, in any business endeavor in any big personal endeavor and anything you're really going to um, strive to improve on, you absolutely need mentors. And yeah. I didn't have any mentors other than my dad. Uh, who who is a lawyer? You know, not direct, not a direct, um, you know, in my line of business mentor, more of a global mentor. Um, but my the first mentor I had in real estate was Brian North, mm. um, the 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 owner of North and Co. And that was part of our deal at the time. North and Co. Was small enough to where part of when I met with Brian, he's like, "Well, where do you want to go with your business? What do you want to do?" Um, and I told him, and. Part of the the exchange was said, "Hey, I want to, you know, I think if we sprinkle a little dash of this, do some of that, blah blah blah. If I work with you, I think we can take you from being a ten or twelve million dollar a year agent to being a twenty million dollar a year agent pretty quick. And I think, um, you know, that will give us at North and Co the ability to hold you up as an example. Like, come to North and Co, and we'll help you grow your business. And so, so while North and Co was small enough." so that I could get that one-on-one interaction with, with Brian and with Stephanie Gonzalez, who's now the CEO, you know, I, I jumped and Brian became my mentor and still is like, I'll still call him with about stuff and be like, Hey man, what do you think about this? Or I'm thinking about doing this in my business, thinking about heading this direction Um, or, Hey, I've got a, have never done a trade. I have clients wanting to trade homes. How does that look? You know, Mm -hmm. how can we pencil this out? Right. So I rely on him, but, but without that mentorship, without being able to lean into someone and get really good advice, it's very hard to, to grow in this business, in real estate, because you're you you you're trying to reinvent the wheel. And there are a bunch of different wheels out there. You should pick sure. and choose what wheel looks and feels right. Make it your own, hone it, smooth it, shine it, paint it, whatever you want to do, but you don't have to reinvent it. And that's what I thought I was taking. I was like, you know, chipping the block, trying to reinvent my own wheel. And then coming to North and co I was able to, to engage deeply with Brian. Um, and then that got me introduced to Zanzibar, my business coach, and he's become a mentor. It got me introduced to Al Fuentes, um, who is my mindset coach. He's become a mentor, right? I have mentors in different areas of my life that I can lean on for different things. And, um, you know, that's just a byproduct of time. It's also a byproduct. What what a lot of people re what, what a lot of people don't realize is mentors will mentor you. They will take you under their wing if you continue to succeed. Correct. If they're telling you, hey, dude, I think you do X, Y, and Z and, you, and you're gonna get that. This, this is what's going to come of it. You go, thanks so much. And you do X or you do Y or you do Z or you do none of it. Or you do one, two, three, then they're going to, then they are no longer going to want to invest their time. They're, what they're getting out of it is seeing you grow and succeed. And if you're not taking what they're encouraging you to do and doing it, they're not seeing the success. It becomes a waste of their time and they're going to dump you. And quite frankly, if you're not gravitating to what they're saying, wrong mentor, wrong person, go find another, break up with them, do it gracefully. They'll appreciate it. And go find someone that's gonna help you. And quite frankly, you know, it's hard to find people in any industry that are, it's hard, especially when you're in sales, to be financially incentivized. You know, there's not a financial incentive to be a mentor unless it's like, oh, I'm a team lead, you're gonna come on my team and I'm gonna get a chunk of all of the business that I help you create there in real estate is a direct mentor mentee relationship that can work under certain models. But like if it's just an agent. Coming to me and going, hey man, you got time for a coffee? Um, I had this happened in the hallway today. Hey man, I'd love to take you to lunch or coffee or whatever, talk about things, and you know, get a sense of how I can grow my business. I'd love to. I love yeah. doing that stuff an because honor. I had it's an honor, and I had a lot of that paid to me. You know, I, I I took a lot of that, and now I want to pay it forward. But where I get the gratification selfishly is watching other people succeed. You know, giving yeah. is a selfish act because we get gratification out of it. And so when I see, when I'm like, Hey, if you try this or that, or we have a really good whiteboard session, people, you can see them light up like, Oh my gosh, like I can now see a path and then you watch them implement and go and go. It's like, it's the coolest thing ever. If you sit down with someone and they're not even taking notes, you're spending an hour with them and they're just like, cool, this is awesome. Great. And they walk out. It's like, dude, I'm never going to see you again. Like it didn't resonate or you're actually not willing to do what needs to be done to create you know the the energy and the forward momentum to succeed in the business
0: i had a uh I had a P, uh, uber driver the other day i dropped the car off to get some work on and i'm um, on uh, back to the office i took an uber and it turns out the guy was a um a franchise owner for a pizza shop and he was just getting started and supplementing with uber and we talked business on the entire drive on the way back and i could tell he was kind of engaged in it he didn't know much about business books or podcasts or anything like that. Um, and I, when we parked, I told him to stop. And then I walked in and I grabbed two books off my personal library, wrote in two other books that he should be reading and handed back to him. Love and I it. said, I'll, I'll check up on you because I know where the pizza shop is now. Um, <laughs> but that's same awesome. Thing. It, it was an honor. I mean, i it sure. It's certainly fed my ego to, to kind of share my knowledge. Um, but it was kind of fun to have somebody that was receptive and willing to listen to the same boring stuff that i talk about all the time right Um, i think it's really interesting you didn't find your mentor for five years because you said you were with Coldwell banker for five years shifted gears over to north and co and you've been searching for five years to find that guy or person that could spend that pot spin that positive influence on your business that's really fascinating i mean you had a business you're establishing yourself. Um, you just needed to level up when you found that, that right person.
1: Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> quite frankly, I didn't even know that I needed a mentor, mm. you know, like I was, I was the guy that the classic, like, you know, nose to the grindstone, work, 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 you know, phone rings at 9 PM, pick it up. Yeah. Got to show a home at 8 AM, you show it. Oh, it's Labor Day weekend. Don't care. You know what I mean? Like, And at the time because i was had gone through a divorce and you know one the desperation of like okay i no longer have her income to put a roof over my head i have to produce and then two not having a wife or a family where my time could be constrained or or devoted to them i could devote it to the business so that combination of desperation and uh yeah easy to say yes i was out i was working all the time but so it was like okay Effort in is directly proportional to results out. The more effort I put in, the 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 better the result. When I read and then and talking to Brian, I realized, oh, okay, wheels. There are wheels out there. I just need to pick and choose what I want and get it spinning and it'll create its own momentum. And I don't need to be it's like pushing the wheel up the hill. It's more like spinning the plate, get a couple plates spinning, and I just need to like tap it and keep it going every once in a while. Oh, this yeah. one's getting wobbly. What's up with that? Like, let's take it down and look at it. Let's fix it, put it back up and spin it, right? And then just tap the plates and keep them keep them spinning instead of like, you know, 70 hours a week. Yeah, man, I'm grinding it out, da, 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 da. But it took that first mentor and someone to elevate me from being transactional agent to being a business owner. Okay, look at it as a business. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you think your time is worth 200 bucks an hour and you're doing $8 an hour work trying to design... A logo or trying to put an email together on MailChimp, farm that out. If you pay someone 20 bucks an hour and you think your time's worth 200 bucks an hour, and while they're doing that for an hour, you're focused on your highest and best, you just made 180 bucks. Like that delta between what you're paying someone to do and you utilizing your highest and best is, is what's going to push you forward instead of just grinding 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 now in the beginning you got to grind dude you know it good point like you know how how many attics and roofs and basements how much you know uh you know crap did you slog through and in hawaii inspecting for years (laughs) before you earned the ability to start hiring these different things to do the work i mean yeah grind it out at first but then figure out figure out your lowest point of leverage what do you hate doing what do you suck at doing stay in your lane, focus on your highest and best, play to your strengths, punt your weaknesses, leverage. What's that first point of leverage and then focus on it and go. And if you don't know, that's where you try to find a mentor. If you can't find a mentor, that's where you should find a coach, pay for coaching. Um, I, at the time when I was moving to North and co coaching was becoming like a big deal. All the top agents in my Coldwell office had coaches. Sure. I was like, this is, this is nonsense. I don't think this is real. Like, you know, who this, I, I don't know if this is worth it, but I started it. I went through a coaching system and, and I, I hired and fired three coaches and was like, yeah, I don't need a cheerleader. Like I have mouths to feed. At the time I got remarried, Um, uh, you know, Hannah and Haley, my, my, uh, my daughters came as a package deal with the, with the <laughs> marriage. And it's like, okay, I went from just feeding myself to, I've got a wife and daughters to feed. And so I didn't need people being like, hey, job, you know, blah, blah. blah. I need like the keys to the business. Like, here's what you need to do. Go do that. And yeah, yeah. and so that's where, you know, Brian really helped me. And then starting the coaching with Zanzibar, which is he's an executive coach. Uh, Yeah, he coaches real estate agents, but he coaches executives in all different fields of business. And so it it elevated it from being like, okay, you know, the classic real estate coaching where it's like, okay, you want to do. $10 $10 million of business. And, uh, okay. Your average is 500,000. Uh, so you need 20 deals in a year to get 20 deals. You need, uh, you know, 60 leads to get 60 leads. You need to make 426 phone calls a day. It's like, what? Like, you know, what, what? I, yeah, I don't even know that number of people or whatever, but, but anyways, it, the the mentorship, whether it's paid through coaching through an effective coach, that's going to help you design your business in your value proposition or whether it is someone who truly has your best interests in, in mind and wants to see you succeed. And there, there may not necessarily be any financial gain in it for it. You got to search them out and you got to find and you got to ask. And I think that's where a lot of people are hesitant to even ask. Like the, when I came onto the brokerage, it's funny, Brian and I, we shot this video. We went out and shot a video saying, Hey, you know, I'm bringing Trevor on to North and co. Hey, I'm joining North and co. And, and it was funny because he told me after he got like a bunch of calls from agents. that are like, well, dude, look, you didn't do that with me. You know, look, I would like to do that. And he's Uh, like, yeah, he's like, you didn't ask, you know? So I asked, right. And that's always what I do. And so like, if you are in this business, if you're in your business, if you're in any sort of entrepreneurial endeavor, if you're even in corporate hierarchy, if you're trying to climb the ladder, like I've got a buddy who's, trying to climb the ladder of the corporate publicly traded company world. And he and I talked about who we knew and introductions and whatever. And he's found a mentor that used to run a publicly traded utility company. And that's what he wants to gravitate up. But guess what he did? He asked questions. And then, you know, when we found someone mutual that we knew that I was able to introduce him into, then he called the, called that guy and asked him questions. Hey, are you willing to do this? Here's what I'm looking to do. Like I just need to do da. So most people realize that they need a mentor i didn't know that i did but then i found out that i did but if you know that you need mentorship and you're afraid to ask you're never going to find the right mentor you're never going to find a mentor they won't come ask you no. so i too think busy. it's a, it, it, too busy and 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 quite frankly like you know you i'm not going to you know you're not going to go find someone and be like hey you want me to mentor you like the people that come to you, go, hey man, I like what you've done with your business. You know, I I I see what you're doing. I see where you're going. I see, you know, your the values that you put on. Your, you know, your family life and this and that. And I really admire yeah. it. You have time for a coffee, or you have time to um, to whiteboard, or you have time for me to take you to lunch or whatever. It's like all day. I'll do that. I love doing that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's that's a wonderful process. Um, so you've mentioned Brian North a handful of times. Um, he runs or is the owner, partial owner, I suppose, of North & Co. Um, what do you look for when you're at a brokerage? That's that's kind of the question that I wanted to come back to. It sounds like, um, you know, initially when, what drew you there was, was a significant mentorship with him. Um, but beyond that, what's kept you there? Um, you know, because your business has evolved and changed. Uh, I would imagine your relationship and his business has evolved and changed. Um, what's kept you there for for another six years,
1: five, six years? Yeah, yeah, great question. I think, um, you know, what I looked for in a brokerage is going to be different than what, you know, You if you line up 10 agents and you say, what do sure. you need from a brokerage? You're going to get 10 different answers. But, um, you know, for me, I needed what what north and co represents to me is like a like a um, a full body like a 360 degree brokerage um, uh, where they they focus on I, I divide the pie into three one is brokerage services you know okay. best and breed technology um uh, uh like if i pick up the phone and call a broker am i going to get a broker am i going to get like a dial a broker am i going to get uh, someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. Do I know this person? You know how deeply can I engage on the brokerage side of things, and how deeply is that brokerage going to engage with me? What programs do they have as far as helping me grow and build um, my business? And so that brokerage services side of it, technology, broker support, um, culture. You know what? 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 How do I want the public to perceive me by associating with this brand? That's one portion of it. Then another. You know, third of it is what I call business development. And I don't mean like, you know, like old school, like bringing in business. I mean, developing Placer. agents to, yeah, like developing agents to run a business, you know, are you a PLLC? And if not, you need to start one. You Do you be. have a bank account? Like start a separate bank account for that PLLC, take advantage of, of the tax benefits that we get as 1099s are extraordinary. Um, so, so one business structure two Um, What can the brokerage provide me to help me grow as a business person? And, you know, uh, classes, you know, being taught by other uh, agents that I can learn from being taught by Brian, you know, uh, sales skills and um, how to hold an open house and um, how to seek business credit so that you can utilize during downtimes, how to best utilize taxes. Like, I mean, literally mm-hmm. stuff that helps us move ourselves forward and our businesses forward. How can we be better agents for our clients? What can that brokerage provide in that business development side of things? Developing and growing my acumen as a business person and North & Co is awesome at doing that. And then that final piece of the pie um, is like personal development. You know, uh, I mentioned the, the mindset coach, Al Fuentes. Um, you know, he's heavily involved in North and co and, you know, we'll put on classes. And that's how I got first got exposed to him was, you know, he put on a, um, uh, a mindset class and, um, you know, Beth and I both went to, and we're like, this is like, this is resonating. It feels really good. Like, hmm. you know, that was a big piece of the pie, um, that I was missing in North and co, not just through Al, but through other agents. Um, through the events that they put on through the camaraderie that they build really helps people focus on becoming the best person you can be so that you can be in a high stress, uh, highly competitive industry so that you can be a stable force for your clients. So you can be a stable force for your family. So you can be a stable force for your loved ones. So you can be a stable force for other agents. And so that 360 degree, that complete, Service brokerage services business development and personal development. I get all of that at North and Co. And it is not only have I gotten it from there, but it's it is I've utilized it as a springboard to spring into into deeper and deeper dives outside of the bubble of, of North and Co. Into each one of those those pods because I learned enough to be dangerous and then can take it further and further and further and further. And further.
0: I, I mean, I think that one of the things I picked up on what you said in that brokerage group is camaraderie, which I think is interesting because technically you're all competitors. You know, yeah. anybody in your brokerage is your competitor. Um, you, you are probably even going on the same listing appointments or or buyer appointments um, with people that are in your same brokerage, yet you could still um, compete and work together. Uh, you know, for the most part, you're not going to lie with everybody, but um, I know some of your good friends are are real estate agents in that brokerage. Um, yeah, and I think that's really interesting.
1: And you Yeah, know- it's so cool. Like like Eric Jensen, right? He you know, yes. with the Keneally group. Eric and Steve are good buds. You yeah. know, Eric is is one, two, he's three doors down from me. Right. And like there are times where we'll go on the same listing appointment and be like Dude, what? You got that? Didn't even call me. Like, what the what the hell? You know, Uh, but but we we always do root for each other. And um, you know, if I'm going to lose a listing appointment or I'm going to lose a buyer, I'd 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 love to lose it to them, not to someone else. Like, I want to lose it to someone that I know gives and receives. Right? You know, at Northico we call ourselves an open source brokerage. Like, if I call you and I'm like I'm like Sean, I heard that you're really good at such and such, or that you've got a document for such and such. And you're going to be like, yeah, dude, here, I'm going to send it to you. Um, And then you're going to call me and go, Trevor, I understand you're really good working on these things. I've got a client with a situation like that. What do you know about it? And I'm going to fill you in and it just goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. And so, yeah, we technically, we are competitors, but you know, we've always had this, this mentality at North Co. that the pie is big enough, right? Sure. There's enough. Everyone can sit at the table. There's enough. Come on, bring, you know, Come on, you know we we can all sit here and uh, and and we'll all get full. We'll all be we'll all be satisfied. We don't have to uh, cut each other's throats. You know, let's help each other grow, and it ends up being you know kind of like uh, may may the best person win, and and yeah. you know
0: Super you'll win positive. one,
1: all win one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's not a um, uh, distressed mentality. You're not you're not starving for your your next. Um, acquisition, or your your next uh, buyer presentation, or seller presentation, or whatever. I mean, you all have plenty to go around. That's great. That's really super
1: positive. It's, it's abundance. It's abundance, uh, abundance versus yeah. uh, scarcity.
0: Um, one of the things that has always impressed me about you is that you are really good at building uh, relationship with clients. Like uh, you go to some of your client appreciation, and the the scale of those keeps growing. Um and it's because people are are coming into your environment ecosystem and they continue to grow and then they stay. Um as you're growing, um, how do you kind of maintain those relationships? How do you build those quick client relationships um so that they continue to be your client for years to come? Um multifaceted question uh, kind of deep yeah. right? go for it.
1: <laughs> no, I, I love it. I think that's great. And and you know it's one of those things that, that, that I struggle with, right? As is, is I grow, in order to continue to, to be able to handle increased number of transactions, I have to hire more people. Sure. And I have to have them become deeply ingrained in the, in the client relationship, right? So I may not be showing as many homes. I may not be the one at the home inspection. Um, but my presence is felt throughout the whole thing because I handle the strategic side of it. I handle the onboarding, you know, those first calls, Hey, we're thinking about buying or selling. That's me, you know, having them come into the office or have a zoom meeting and have a discussion, you know, setting up the client strategy, making sure that after the inspection I'm on the phone talking to them, making sure that we're handling the negotiation. So I do lose a little bit of the old school. Like I'm in the trenches with you showing it's 127 degrees and, you know, uh, we're all sweating together. Like a little bit of that gets lost, but because we have, focused on delivering such value to our clients, they know that the system is Alpern Residential mm-hmm. and they know they're not losing the relationship. Like when I pick up the phone and call a client, whether I have saw them in person a dozen times or saw them once, they they know the voice on the end of the phone was a friendly voice that helped them make tough decisions and handled it um, with with clarity and Uh, with strategy. And so they see the value in the overall system. And so they want to come back to the system, not just necessarily, um, you know, hey, I really like that person on the team, or I like this person on the team. It's the overall value proposition that we're presenting and executing on is exactly what we want them to gravitate to. So there does come a, a little bit of a Uh, it's hard to be everything to everyone at all times. And that's where I try to play to my strengths and say, what is my highest and best use for my clients? What's my highest and best use for my business. And, and based on that mix, that's how I set up what I do every day and then hand out the other things for other people to do. Um, So um, knowing that we're delivering that value, I think is what keeps people coming back and then building those relationships. I mean, you know, when I'm the one working on the negotiation, or I'm the one having the conversation with, with, you know, husband and wife is a really straining to decide what to do, you know, tears over the phone, you know, sure. hearing these stresses, and then knowing that, you know, uh, that I'm kind of like the the warm blanket on the other side of it, that builds really deep relationships and really deep emotional connections that are easy to stoke back up, like, when we have a client appreciation event or I see people and it's like, Hey man, it's great to see you. Da, da, da. I mean, you're just right back into where the relationship where left off. And if we're, if we're doing a good job for clients and we're executing at a high level, and we're making them understand, see, feel that, that what they are buying or selling, they're getting a victory in it and they feel good about it. Then those good, those, you know, good vibes just carry on.
0: Yeah that that absolutely makes sense and and i think um i think you also have a lot of integrity because i've seen in multiple occasions you tell somebody that it's not the right house for them um even when they're trying to talk themselves into it um and i think that makes a big difference in in your business as well
1: yeah it Um, it does i mean you know heck we did it me and you right multiple times yeah yeah multiple (laughs) times you know you you uh you walk into a place and yeah, you'll have clients that, that are, that, uh, I mean, you try to talk me out of me buying my own house. You're like, dude, the the electrical, like don't buy this house. I'm like, I'm buying this house. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, uh, um, uh, but you know, being able and that's the sort of stuff that does, I mean, the, the more honest you are and the more straightforward and the more you actually pour into clients and making sure that they're succeeding. Those are the ones that are like, you know, Gosh, I'm so glad. Three years later, I'm so glad you told us to not buy that house. Yeah. I'm so glad you encouraged us. And it's like, hey, I always tell people, you know, it, when they're like, "Well, what do you think?" I mean, my response is like, "You, you really want to know?" Yeah. Um, and if they're like, "Yeah, bring it," be like, "Don't buy this house. I yep. hate the street. Look around. High tension power lines. Da 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 da." Or like going through an inspection, like, guys, this, this, I don't think you should buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the, those are those deep experiential thing for clients where they go okay he's keeping us safe like okay like that guy he stood in three weeks to, to to make a bucket of money off of this but instead we're going back to the drawing board and you know we're going to look for houses for another couple months or whatever i would rather i would rather have someone this is such a big decision for people buying and selling a home such a big financial such a big personal decision i want them making the best decision they they possibly can for themselves for their families for you know the people that are living with them um and so yeah if that means walking away from a deal walk away stand on that integrity as an agent as a person um and know that that you're sleeping at night and they're sleeping at night and you help them make the right decision and that's going to pay itself forward tenfold over being like you know yeah it's okay you, you know you a little electric work you know you it's all it. right yeah. you know like yeah, you yeah you'll grow into it. You're yeah you'll you're not even gonna see those power lines or you know whatever. Um, no, you gotta you gotta shoot people straight, and that's how you know referral network based. You know, I'm ninety five percent repeat referral, and you don't get it that way, um, unless you shoot people uh, straight. And that's there's a line in my vision statement that says we speak truth and knowledge to clients, and so. It's hard sometimes to speak truth and it's hard yeah. sometimes to speak knowledge because people don't want to hear it. And that's okay. I'm going to tell you anyways, hey, I know this isn't what you want to hear, um, but I, your house is not worth a million dollars. It's worth $750,000. Um, well, no, I really think it's worth this. Okay, that I completely understand your position, um, but I've promised myself to speak truth and knowledge to clients at all times. and And the truth is, that the data says it's worth seven fifty, and my knowledge and my experience in this business says it's worth seven fifty, not a million. Now, if you right. want to list it at a million, it's your home. We can do it, but we have to have a plan to reduce the price, and you have to promise me if we start getting offers at seven fifty, that you're not going to beat me up. If we're getting offers where I tell you we're going to, right. and you know, like there are ways to deal with it, but like that truth and knowledge, and and standing on it, and telling clients. I'm always going to be the one speaking truth, my truth to you. I'm always going to be the one sharing my knowledge and experience with you. You get to decide whether you want to, whether you want to uh, abide by it or not. And if you decide not to, you know, buyer beware. You you know, I always tell people, you know, listen, my job is to tell you, hey, you're approaching the cliff. Hey, you're getting really close to the cliff. Your toes are on the edge of the cliff. You're about to go over the cliff. And then if you you look at me and you go, it's cool, man, we want to go over the cliff then, okay, great. I'm going to get that. Just give me a second to get down there and try to catch you. Yeah. Like I will, I want to, I want to cushion the fall. You you know, you're approaching the cliff. You know, you're going to go over. I've warned you. You're okay with the consequences. Cool. Let me try to catch you at the bottom. And so, you know, I will always speak that truth and knowledge because it's way easier to have an awkward conversation up front with someone about, hey, I don't think this is going to work. Or I don't think this is the right house for you. Or I don't think, um. Uh. I, I don't think we're going to work well together. Like that conversation. I, I was talking to someone earlier today in my office about that. How do you have that conversation? It's easy. It's easier having that than it. it is six months down the line, and this person hates you, or you hate them, or the house isn't selling, and you didn't have the you you couldn't stand up enough to in the beginning have that conversation to let someone know, hey, where you're listening. I don't think it's going to work, and here's why. You know, I encourage you to do X, Y, and Z to your home. You're deciding not to do that. And as a result, I don't think it's going to sell quickly. I don't think it's going to sell for the price. Please know that. Um, If you're not willing to have those conversations, the conversations down the road, I guess, down the road, um, that that you're going to have where they're mad at you because the house isn't selling or they ended up buying a property that they never should have purchased. Um, Those conversations, when you're getting fired, or or you want to fire them are way harder and way more full of emotion than just having the conversation up front making them acknowledge and understand what you where you're coming from and let them know that if it's not working here's the path around it here's what we need to do to readjust um and or you told me you wouldn't beat me up yeah i had, i've had this conversation hey sure promise you wouldn't beat me up we we got an offer right where I told you we were you're super mad at me you promised you wouldn't beat me up what are you doing right now uh I'm beating you up right so stop we talked about this <laughs> right I told you this was going to happen this is what's happened you're beating me up I want to sell your house for as much as as much as I can because you and I are tied there the more I sell it for the more I make the more That's you right. make but it's just not working this is exactly where I told you we were going to get offers so I think you need to 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 deal with it right like not letting the tail wag the dog is an expert, you know, uh in your field, in my field. We have to be able to to tell people and imbue our expertise. Otherwise, why do they hire an inspector? Why do they hire me? You know, if if just go buy an open door house or go buy, you know, a property that you don't need an agent for um if you don't think you need them. Don't do your own home inspection if you don't think you really need an inspector. Right. You, really, you really know what you're doing? Okay. You know, you you don't know what you don't know, but um, you know you hire people like us for knowledge, for expertise, for workarounds, for angles, for um for the unknowns that you don't even know about. we We can protect you from landmines that you didn't even know you were coming upon. And if you devalue that as a consumer, then why am I here? Why are we working together?
0: hundred percent. And it's a, it's without a doubt a tough transaction because there's so much as a buyer, there's so much coming at you. Uh, that you need an independent party in there to really tell you the truth. Um, mm-hmm. And for a little backstory that you referenced to, uh, you were my real estate agent. When we moved back from Hawaii, um, we went to high school together. Um both of our listeners that are out there don't may not know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and when I reconnected, i I, I must have seen you, I think, on social media. yeah, uh, and when we were moving back, we we put a call into you. Um we had some difficult transactions and we finally landed where we were supposed to be after uh four well three canceled transactions and landed on the fourth one. Um pregnant wife moving family selling business from Hawaii back to Arizona. Um and so it was not the easiest one. Um I think you'll attest to it. And afterwards we kind of took a break and then um you know, then got back into it and yep, and uh continue the relationship through there um yeah. you've had a big change in your life let's uh yeah. let's shift into that a little bit um do it tell me about the story of that house that that we inspected a long yeah. time ago
1: yeah that the house that that sean told me i probably shouldn't buy <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, ends up that son of a bitch burned down uh, um, legitimately but really it did legitimately yeah. uh today is today tuesday yeah, today's tuesday um yeah three weeks ago today um the our, our family home burned down um and not for any mechanical reason not for any um not for any reason that we should have been aware of um it was literally it was the craziest thing I, i've told you about this right yeah the cause of it yeah. um it, it was called light amplification, so or magnification. We had a stainless steel bowl out on our back patio um, that we used to fill with like water and sand and stuff for a three-year-old as a sensory play thing. Um, and that was sitting on the patio and it was getting direct sunlight. And that sunlight, uh, like a magnifying glass effect, um, either caught our outdoor furniture, our couch on fire, or I had inch thick foam mats across our whole patio and you either caught uh, caught that on fire or the furniture, but um, uh, subsequently uh, we lost everything. Um, Yeah. We lost um, essentially every belonging we have. There's some stuff in the garage that's salvageable, but like literally the contents of our home, my wife and I were there this weekend, um, are in a dumpster in the front of our house. Uh, Things just aren't, uh, it essentially burned, you know, if it's not burned all the way down in, in certain rooms, there's stuff that's just melted, not usable, fire stained, everything is is gone. Heirlooms, um, uh, two of our three pads, I think I mentioned, um, uh, stuff that you don't even think about, dude, you know, all my chapstick that I had in my nightstand, right? Like, you know, now we're rebuilding item by item. Oh, we need, we need scissors. Yeah. Like, wow. you know, we need nail clippers, hairbrushes, like you name it, we were rebuilding from, from the ground up. And so, yeah, it was, it was wild. You never expect, you know, something like that to happen. I, I went from, you know, in my back patio where it started was like my sanctuary every morning I would go out there on my back patio, uh, I'd go out there with one of my cats that, that, uh, that, that, died. And, um, I would do meditation. I would do uh, yoga I would uh, exercise. Um, I'd go out and I'd read a book and drink a cup of coffee, and like I did that all that that morning. And then my sanctuary, my haven, my place to fill my soul and my mind, and um, a place for my family to play and my kids to play, um, ended up being the cause of the downfall of our home. And Hmm. uh, it's it's just a It's just a a total. It's it is it turns your life upside down. But the craziest thing is like, not the craziest, but a very interesting thing is a lot of the preparation, a lot of the work that I that I put into the the trying to one step at a time improve my approach to business and life. All of these lessons have have come back and have been like shown right in my face. Like that, that little thing that I do out on my back patio where I read, and that's the end of my morning after I've exercised and whatever, I go inside and I get a cup of coffee, I go back out. And the book that I have on my patio is always like a personal development book or a business, mm-hmm. you know, uh, improvement book. And I read while I'm drinking coffee. And as soon as the coffee's done, I close the book, set it down, go inside, start getting ready for the day. But those little 15 minute pops every morning of knowledge, of quotes, of things that I can like think about come up in my life all the time in business and in personal. And um, those little sessions on the patio have led to a bunch of big realizations in my life. And one of the most interesting things is that morning, the morning of the fire. I was reading um, Ryan Holiday's book, uh, The Obstacle is the Way. Yeah, um, I read great. his, uh, it's really good. Um, I, I read his Daily Stoic book. And I really like stoicism. It resonates very deeply with me. I read mm-hmm. the Daily Stoic and then I picked up um, uh, The Obstacle is the Way. And I was like two chapters in, three chapters in. And that morning I read this chapter and it, and it was, um, there was a, a quote in there and it said, um, you know, he was like, you know, what, what you have to put into perspective is that, you know, something like no matter what's going on in your life, you're probably not going to die from this was mm. the quote. And it was like, if you're in a tough situation, it may help for you to repeat this. You're not going to die from this. I'm not going to die from this. I'm not going to die from this. I'm not going to die from this. So I read that, you know, closed the book, um, went about my day, got a call from our babysitter at like three twenty. Um, I was on the phone with clients and I, Pushed it to voicemail. Like she called right back. I was like, you know, said, told my client and said, hey, my babysitter's just called me twice in a row. I got to take it. He's like, go. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what's up? Everything okay? The patio is on fire. And I'm like, there's a hose right there.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? No, I'm like, dude, you have like <laughs> patios
1: on fire? Like, you don't think of like, no, the fucking patio is on fire. Like, yeah. and that's, she goes, no, it's on fire. And she's like, I called 911. I'm out. I got the boys out. I'm out with the dog. Like, you got to get here. So I just went shredding home. I'm three minutes. I'm four minutes from my house. The way I drove, it was like two and a half. Yeah. Um, and I just see as I'm approaching this giant plume of smoke. And I just start thinking like, like what was, started to cuss, but my, my fucking house. Yeah. And I just kept repeating that. Like, like, just crying. I pulled down the street beyond the first fire truck. I was right behind him, saw these guys taking the hydrant. I'm like, all right, fellas, let's go. Like, I was thinking, are going to Crabbing go. I mean,
0: in the they, neighbor's hose.
1: Yeah, totally, <laughs> dude. I, you know, I saw this thick black smoke, but I thought like, okay, it's smoldering. Like, they're going to go back. They're just going to go pew, pew with their hoses yeah. in the backyard. And then the second truck and the third truck and the fourth truck and the fifth truck roll up and battalion chiefs start rolling up. They start cutting the holes in my, my roof. Anyways, I'm standing there. In front of my house, watching it burn down, knowing my pets are in there dying. Like, I kept, I would ask them, I'm like, hey, can you prop the, the door open between the kitchen and the garage? Like, if there's an opportunity for him to run out, like, just do it, please. And, um, but as I'm standing there, the quote from the morning started rolling through my brain, huh? But, but my brain had turned it around. It wasn't like, you're probably not going to die from this. What I kept saying to myself as I'm watching this as is, uh, this isn't going to kill me. This isn't going to kill me. This isn't going to kill me. Like I literally was just looking at my house burned down, telling myself that this isn't going to be the end of us. This isn't going to be the end of me. This isn't going to be the end of my family. You know, my kids are safe. My wife is safe. Our dog is safe. I knew my cats were probably dead and they, they are. Um, but But the the lessons learned and even from that morning to to set aside time for yourself to actually improve and study and learn and incrementally grow through knowledge that's shared from other people, through knowledge that's shared from books, to give yourself those little bits of growth. I mean, just that morning, that bit of growth applied directly to my life and applied in a deep, meaningful way. They kept my shit together as I saw my house burning down crazy. This isn't going to kill me. This isn't going to kill me. This isn't going to kill me. And like that, that was the strength that I stood on that day. So it's crazy. That full circle, like, you know, and there are like multiple stories like that, that have just kind of like come together as we're unfolding this thing, the like asking why, or, um, you know, is there a purpose in this? What yeah. can we learn? Yeah, for sure. You know, all, all of those lessons learned, all of those things are helping, you know, us to continue to drive forward. And we're taking this as an opportunity, Beth and I, to learn. I mean, we're learning as we go and we're yeah, teaching ourselves you right. And we're, you know, literally eating the elephant instead of one bite at a time. Like, here's the elephant, eat it. Yeah. And we're 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 being force fed this thing but we're taking it as an opportunity to to teach ourselves and to teach our kids how to deal with adversity and trauma through positivity and proactivity. Like we're taking action every day. Hey kids, see what we're doing? Like this is a drawing for our our house that we're potentially going to build. This is, this is what we're doing with the insurance company. Yes. Mommy and I are going back over to the house to try to sit sit through some things. You know, we are systematically step-by-step approaching this thing and conquering it and defining the 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 trauma we are defining it we're not letting it define us and it's a it's an extraordinary lesson that we're being forced to learn but we're also showing our kids i mean our kids um we're landing as softly as we possibly can and we're in a home right down we rented a home right down the street from us okay. our kids are going to the same bus stop you know this is another full circle thing we i I uh, I helped these, uh, the house that we're in, I helped clients buy it as an Airbnb. Huh. And they were just kind of putting the finishing touches on it. And they they live in my cul-de-sac. They were out there with us as it was burning. And they were like, go, like, go stay there. We'll figure it out. Perfect. And now we signed a 12-month lease with them. Like, it's cra- it's all of it, it's all full circle. And there's lessons to be learned and so much to unpack. I mean, these are lessons I hope I wish I had never learned and hope I never get to learn them again. But like Beth and I were even talking last night, like this is, we are going to be unpacking this for a long time. Oh, for sure. We're going to be learning lessons and continuing to learn lessons about ourselves and what really matters and stuff that we don't even know we're going to learn. We're going to be learning this for, for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, you that's there's nothing to really say about that. You can't imagine the amount of changes, but it sounds like you you dealt with it pretty well. and that book on your your little fifteen minute um, coffee break really was aptly timed. I mean, certainly better to be dealing with that from the outside looking in than on the inside looking at flames. Um, totally. and you have the right frame of mind to to deal with it at that moment. Um, how you is- and.
1: And, and right. we had support, man. Like you were there. Yeah. Like I like I haven't told you how much that meant to me. You know, I, I got to hug you and you know, got to see you there helping me out, moving stuff around. And Eric Jensen was there. And yeah. um, you know, uh, you know, Megan, your wife, started to go fund me for us. And yeah. you know, we had we had people showing up, like literally I'm standing there watching my house burn down and I've got friends showing up. With coolers of water and diapers and formula like holy shit like the the love the the support the outpouring the the like positivity that we have felt from from second one is unreal man it it's it has been it has been one of the many silver linings that that we've experienced is the love that that we got to feel from, from you, from people like you, from our friends, from people who genuinely care. It's been unbelievably amazing.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was certainly, it was tragic um, and tragic to watch, but the next couple of days, the unfolding of of the people that, that came out and was really pretty cool. Uh, the so community, cool. the Central Phoenix community came out and um, really in droves, really amazing. Mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Probably not just central phoenix but whatever uh the group yeah. i mean uh and now you get to run a business through all this um <laughs> 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 how, yeah. how have you not let it stop you in your tracks i mean it, it'd be a really easy excuse i know you can't because you got stuff to do but it'd be really easy to fall back and and say, you know, is this important right now? Or I don't feel like working today. Uh, yeah. How have, you, how have you dealt with that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I um, mean, in,
0: in the last, what, how many houses do you have in, a, in escrow right now? Four or five? Three weeks after? Just on the buyer Yeah, side. I think
1: I've got, yeah, I think we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I think mean, we've got eight on the board right now in escrow, right? So that's one of the reasons why like the people are there. They need me. They're, they're making huge decisions. Like, I think I was in here the day, the day after, um, uh, it might've been two days. I think it was the day after. Um, and you know, I was showing up at things. Um, you know, there's a, there's a charity group that I'm a part of. I showed up to a meeting a week after I showed up to my brokerage meeting a week after. And people were like, dude, I didn't expect to, to see you, you know, this and that, but it's like, again, that proactivity, like we have, I have to, I have to run this business. This is what feeds my family. Um, I have to keep it going. I have to, I have to abide by the duties that I've told my clients I'm going to abide by. I'm not going to abandon you. Yeah. I've got JC. I have wonderful support, but like these, these are gigantic decisions for people that I can't let what's going on in my life affect them i mean my brokers is great michelle williamson the broker called and goes hey like i know you got deals in escrow you need help like you want us to, to to put some people on it and and i said thank you we got it i got jc and if things get squirrely i'll call jensen you know i'll be can yeah. help me out um yeah. but you know the support was was there and available but um you know, for me, it also created normalcy. Like, I I love what I do. Mm, There's creativity and fun. And I get to help people, um, you know, make big decisions that are meaningful to them and see them happy when the right decision is made. Like, this is a big positive beacon in my life. And I wanted to keep that going. I wanted that stability. I wanted um, the normalcy. I wanted to come in here and, and separate a little bit from the super heavy and intense emotional, experience that was going on plus being in the office allows me to to pick up the phone and call insurance call my mortgage company mm. you know have a little bit of quiet to like deal with make a list and start start chunking away at it so you know there was there was the part that like i i i felt yeah it would have been easy to just be like i'm out like i'm just gonna yeah. call on a hole and just cry for a week um but i i knew i couldn't i knew that wouldn't be the example to set for my family I knew that wouldn't be the example to set for my kids I knew that wouldn't be the example to set for my clients for my community and so I've used this as the ability to say okay you know from day one we're going to define this thing we're we are going to handle this with proactivity and positivity and step one is make a call to insurance I'm in my front yard on the phone with the insurance company right Mm -hmm. and then it just kept going and you know I took a minute and I I stepped back and I said am I Am I? Am I working? Am I coming into the? Am I doing this? Is this an escape? Am I avoiding the emotion and the reality of what's going on? And I, I really examined it, and I, I even talked to Al Fuentes about it. Um, and and he's like, no, man, like you're, this is how you're dealing with it. Like I've heard you cry, like the other the other day, like you know, just being in my office. I don't. There, were almost three times during that day that I cried, thinking about different sure. things. Like getting a call from the the vet's office saying, Hey, uh, ashes of the one cat that's been, we haven't even found the other cat. Like the ashes of your cat are ready to be picked up. Well, shit, that's real. Like, we feel like we're on vacation. We've been gone from the house for a couple (laughs) of weeks. Like you feel like you're going to go home and your pets are going to be there and your things are going to be there. And like, then the reality of like, no, man, like you're, you're re you're rebuilding um, your life. One Amazon delivery at a time. I keep joking. we There'll be five, oh, six, yeah. seven, 10 boxes delivered today. I'm like, we're paying, we're paying for <laughs> Jeff Bezos to go on vacation. Here. Yeah. <laughs> one hour of use of one of his yachts, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, but no, I mean, digging in and getting to work, man. You know, I, I have taken time to unpack the emotion. I am dealing with that. I'm, I'm going deep with that on uh, sessions with with Al Fuentes. I'm going deep on that with my morning meditations. I'm going deep on that when I'm by myself if i'm driving around if i'm thinking about things like i deal with it but i also have to be present and be mentally cognizant and and coherent for my clients for and for my family and like quite frankly like you know transaction wise i an agent can get so far out spinning uncontrollably emotionally they can be mad they can be upset like doesn't even phase me. Yeah, I mean, I was already at a point in my career where it didn't really phase me. Like, hey, you know, I understand you're upset, but like, you and I need to be the pros here. Let's calm down. Da da da. Um, but now it's like, dude, I, like I've literally felt the heat from the fire. Like, not none of this is bigger than what I'm what I'm dealing with. And so, the stress, the trauma, the emotion that that we've dealt with has taught me even deeper layers of how to deal with people and things that i used to think were big deals yeah they're not really big deals anymore no
0: no and i mean just watching watching the way that you handle it um you're going to be fine coming out of it you're going to come back stronger and better and bigger um and your life's going to have stability and it's really quite impressive
1: um thank you and and those are all the goals thank you
0: what do you uh you know having experienced this horrific event what's a little bit of advice you'd give somebody um, kind of dealing with something like that.
1: Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I would say, I would say breathe. I would say, try to recognize that the, that all of our humanity and humanness will try to pull us down into that heaping puddle on the ground. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you mentally prepare, if you read books, if you, um, you know, God forbid, envision these things happening or tough times, how are you going to deal with them? Um, but if you just take a step back and tr- try to disassociate from a second for a second from what is going on and not get pulled through it, but if you try to stabilize yourself and create a little bit of foundation of solidity, um, do it. Breathe yeah. through it. Know that this isn't going to kill you. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, if you're diagnosed with cancer or a bad disease, it darn well may. Different story. But if you tell yourself it's not going to, and, you know, you really um, try to create a framework that you can work from, as opposed to just being yanked around, do it, breathe through it, take a breath, grab a hold of yourself and figure out what your tiny steps are to you to, to push them through it. Yeah. Beautiful, thank you.
0: I, have you finished that book yet?
1: Dude, I, I rebought it, um, yeah. <laughs> and it's my morning to read again. It's like, Good. dude, I, it was gone. It, shit burned up. Um, Makes sense. But I, it, it was. Uh, um, I'm now. I think I've got like three or four chapters left. I'm looking for yeah. the next. I'm trying to figure out. I actually think I'm going to do um, uh, Marcus Aurelius's uh, yeah. uh, Meditations. Yeah. Um, I think that'll probably be the next. But then I like to alternate between like the the headspace type of stuff and then the business space sure. although this one is kind of a mix of the two you know you're 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 taking the lessons and you can apply how to how to create a path forward or around the obstacle both you know in personal life and in and in business so it's a good mix you know there have been things that i've thought of on both sides of it but but yeah i'm i'm uh i probably have three or four chapters left in that thing good Good. I would imagine that was a pretty quick buy on your
0: your Amazon parade. Of it was delivery. <laughs> honestly, it was
1: almost yeah. It was it was like top two or three. I think yeah. Uh, it got there within two days, and uh, you know I was able to able to pick it up. I I flipped through to that page to be like, did I read this quote right, or was that the quote? I was like, oh my gosh, my brain had already turned it right there. You know, instead of you probably won't die from this uh, or something to that effect, this isn't going to kill me. Um, but you know, it was, it was, uh, it, it was very interesting. I mean, and that was literally the chapter that I'd read that morning. So I knew right where to pick up. Okay. Next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah here we go. The page
0: was turned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turn, turn in the page. Yep. Um, let's just, thank you for sharing that. I know it's deeply personal. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's an experience that everybody can learn from, um, you know, uh, plan for, well, we could, we could certainly talk about fire safety, but that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice that nobody, obviously nice that nobody got hurt, um, in that whole experience, uh, aside from your pets, of course. Um, mm-hmm. let's just shift gears. We've been talking for about an hour and I want to be, uh, respectful of your time. Um, a couple quick closing questions, but yeah, um, as back to real estate, as a buyer's agent um, or a listing agent, uh, what do you like most about home inspections? Um, and then the follow- up to that will be what do you like least about home inspections?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you can take it on both both sides of it. You know, as a buyer's agent, um, what I like most about home inspections is really digging into it and making sure my clients are getting a reasonable and safe purchase. And you yeah. know, to your point earlier, if it's not, if it's not safe, if it's, you know, one of my jokes, one of my cheesy dad jokes is, you know, when people say, well, there's a lot of potential, I go, is there too much potential? Like yeah. are, you have to, are you gonna have to do too much, right? And sometimes in inspections we see that. So really making sure that my clients are being served well by a solid home inspection. You know, sometimes clients will be like, oh, I got a bud that's a home inspector. And it's like, Yeah. Not, not all home inspectors and not all companies are, are, are built the same. You know, we can get inspection reports that, you know, I like to joke, look, look like they were written in crayon, you know, and it's like, there were six items and I can't read this thing and this is ridiculous. You know, this isn't a professional um, inspection, but like what I really like about them is digging deep and knowing and having comfort that, okay, my clients are getting an okay place or, knowing yeah they're not getting an okay place or knowing hey this is what we need remedied for them to get an okay place um it's it's so clarifying it helps so much um to to really um get a great inspection and help us feel good that we're helping our clients make a good a good decision on the i would say on the buy side there is no downside Um, there's nothing that i don't like about an inspection um you know even if it's a bad one even if it's like god this this house is rough. Um, it allows us to help our clients to make the right decision. Hey, this house is too rough, guys. You're gonna have to put fifty grand, hundred grand into just bringing it up to a livable standard. Like you don't There's want to start. do this. Yeah. Um, let's go find you another one. Um, on the on the sales side, I think there are a couple things that that can be tough about uh, inspections. One, sometimes inspectors aren't very good at the delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is a big deal and they will scare the buyer off instead of delivering information in a very well-packaged way that says, Hey, yeah. Okay. So I think this is a a fire hazard, but there are some pretty quick remedies, Uh, you know, call in uh, an electrician, have them look at it. Like instead of making the delivery, something that isn't going to be scary. Sometimes inspectors want to like, literally they're like, Hey, I've got matches and I've got a can of gas. Let's, yeah. you know, let's, let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's party. Um, they want to like really like thrash the place as opposed to be informational. So I think that can be tough. And then, um, you know, I think from from a seller standpoint, sometimes inspectors and you guys are really good about not doing this. Is sometimes inspectors will will tell their their the the buyer or tell the agent well, just ask for this. Or like, this is a quick fix, or this is, this should be a, you know, $5,000 fix or whatever. And, you know, they may not be qualified to either yeah. talk about what can be asked for and, and what can't be, that's the agent's lane, or they they're not well-versed in how much things actually cost. Cause that's a contractor's lane, not right. necessarily an inspection lane. Now you do gain knowledge absolutely through the course of your business on what things really cost and whatever. But, um, some inspectors will add way more suggestions and add way more fuel than needs to be added to the fire that's going on in that uh, in that scenario. Isn't it crazy how many fire things there are? Dude, yeah, like get fuel, and fire, gas, and, <laughs> and matches. I use this stuff all day, and I find myself uh, using using it. I'm like, oh man, too different meaning like- now. Yeah, <laughs> too soon. This is me. I can think. You know whatever. But um, but no, I think. Um, uh, the wrong inspector can add emotion and can add strain and stress to a situation where there doesn't need to be. And so I think that's the hardest part from a seller's agent. It's like, God, who's their inspector? Like, I love seeing you guys on the other side. And I literally tell my, my seller clients, when I see dwell on the other side, I go, Hey, this is the inspection company I use. Like these, these are great guys. They're knowledgeable. Like we know that we're getting a fair shake. We're going to get like a legitimate, PDF inspection report. We're gonna get videos, we're gonna get pictures. Like if they say something, they're not making it up. Like this is yeah. a legit company. If I get an inspector, it's like, you know, Bob's inspection, and you know, I get a three page, you know, rambling, you know, report, it's like, oh man, I feel I actually feel bad for those buyers because sure. they didn't, they're not, they're not getting uh what what they should be getting from a value proposition from their inspector. Yeah.
0: For sure. I mean, it, there's, there's so many variables that it, that it is important to make the right decision. So we, we certainly appreciate you um, with some of the nods in that statement. Um, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are three books that you're drawn to? You've mentioned two.
1: Um, what's another recommendation that you have? Dude, you know, it's funny. Cause I was just thinking about this book this morning. Um, uh, the book that had gotten recommended to me probably two years ago, like three or four people had said something to me about it. I was like, all right, I got, I, I got to read this book. Um, and I've read it two or three times since. And I literally this morning was like, I think I'm going to pick that one up again. i Well, I'm going to have to order it. So I had like three <laughs> copies of it. Um, <laughs> I love giving it out. It's The Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, have you ever read The Alchemist? Yeah. Uh, you gave it to me. I gave it to you. Yeah. yeah um and that one to me is just like every time i read it there are little refreshers to the soul there are little pops little lessons little like universal as i call mm-hmm. them breadcrumbs it's like oh i'll pick that one up like oh i'm on the right path i just keep kind of kind of like yep. picking up these breadcrumbs and that one i get into this mental state when i'm reading it yep. it's just positive and energetic and um, things that I can take off of almost every page and apply some sort of lesson or positivity to my life and so yeah that that book popped in my head this morning and you know I've, I've got a buddy that reads it once a year it's like a ritual yeah. um, and the first time I read it I wanted to highlight there was just like oh dude I like there's so much I can highlight then I was like no 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 every time I read this book I want to read it differently I want yeah. it to speak to me in whatever way it, it's meant to speak to me at that time. And and so, yeah, I would say The Alchemist is one that I'm really drawn to right now to uh, to pick up and read again.
0: Isn't it crazy how sometimes you read a book and it has different meaning because you didn't need that information at that time? Um, and then you yep. read it again the next time. And and you sure, you get in a little deeper and you read some of the same stuff, but you'll pick up something, piece of breadcrumb differently.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. it's crazy I do that with music too I don't like yeah. there's certain songs or whatever that really like resonate and speak to me and then like even last night we we uh, we went to a concert we went and saw uh, Incubus huh. um, and uh, we went with uh, uh, my my wife's cousin Molly is a huge Incubus fan like grew up being a huge fan and so we've gone to see him twice with them like she just rocks out it's fun to watch her And yeah. um, <laughs> and I forget which song it was but I've heard the song a thousand times And there was this one little line and gosh, I wish I could remember it. But I was like, oh, my God, like that. It just those it was like four words. And I was like, whoa, like at at that moment, it really struck me. And um, this morning I was trying to think of which song it was. I'll find it and I'll find those lyrics again. But it was like, man, I've never heard those lyrics in that song. And now I just heard it. and Now I can't. Like every it time is. I hear it, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear that. It's, it was awesome. So yeah, music, books, you know, you hear the messages that you're supposed to hear, you read the messages you're supposed to read when you're supposed to read them.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent believe in that.
1: Um, so
0: Trevor, thank you for your time. Um, outside of uh, the buses, bus stops in central Phoenix and the face a little T on there. And for those that uh-huh. of you that don't know, uh, Little T is, character, is Trevor's caricature that he's used in a lot of his marketing and branding. So outside of people driving by buses of Central Phoenix looking at your character, where can people find you?
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, they can, uh, can call <laughs> me directly. Um, they, they can call Little T. They'll get the cartoon on the, yeah. uh, on the other end of the box. His voice is, uh, is much more movie-like than mine, uh, uh, <laughs> but you, you can, uh, you can call direct and that's a uh, 602-595-4200, um, or you can Google me, Trevor Halpern, or, uh, you can visit our website. We, we try to make our website halpernresidential.com, um, as informative, um, as we can, you know, information on what's happening in the market, the ability to search for homes. Um, and then we've got an entire like buyer and seller series of videos, like Hey, here's what you can expect mm. through the process. Like here's what you can expect if you call us and work with us as a buyer or seller. And then when you're in the transaction, here's what you can expect each step of the way is going to be. So we try to be informative on the website and give you a good sense of what you can expect and, in, in the uh, real estate transaction process. And uh, by working with us.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. Uh, we certainly look forward to seeing what the future has in store for you.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate uh, You, you bringing me on and, Uh, you know, all the kind words and I appreciate your partnership and friendship.
0: Perfect. Me too. Thank you for listening to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. For the latest episodes, please subscribe and be sure to follow Dwell Inspect Arizona on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. To contact Dwell Inspect Arizona, call us at 480-867-4599. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, email our team at office at dwellinspectaz.com.